Welcome to Cornbread Crumpets and Football. That's right, you heard it. If you were a fan of us last year, welcome back. But this is a new and improved version of the show. No more Invader Sports. This is still presented by Scene Invaders. If you like movies and TV show, check out that podcast, Scene Invaders, on all podcast platforms. But this is Cornbread Crumpets and Football. We're going to talk EPL and Champions League for the rest of the season. So let me introduce you to everyone here. First off, I am Dan. I am a Liverpool supporter. I've been a fan for about 10 years now, and soccer has completely taken over my life in my fandom. I'm from Philadelphia, so of course I still root for the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, and the Phillies, but Liverpool took my heart. They are my favorite team of any team. If I had to watch one for the rest of my life, that's who I'd pick, and I completely fell in love with the game, which caused me to go to my honeymoon And we started our honeymoon in the beautiful city of Liverpool. That's where we kicked things off. I saw Liverpool versus Newcastle. It was a 3-1 win with that epic Bobby pass. That is still a highlight. You guys remember that pass where Bobby passed it to Mo and Mo scored the third goal? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I was there and to my left was Adam. And he's going to be the first person I'm introducing. This is to so you guys can get to know all of the hosts here at Cornbreads, Crumpets, and Football. So, Adam, who do you support? Why do you support him? So, obviously, yep, Adam, Liverpool, obviously, because, yep, that is where we met at Anfield. Um, you know, they say things happen for a reason. I, I was there with my uncle. We had the hospitality similar to you. So, we were in this, we were at uh, Aintree, which is a, is a quite a famous race course, horse race course. Um, Beautiful. In England, yet, yeah, and before the game, like they get a famous speaker on, um, and they get, um, you, you have, we had breakfast, it was half 12 kickoff, and of all the tables for us to sit at, we managed to sit on this big table, and it was just, it was us and then you and, and your, your wife, Sasha. Um, yeah, and then, and then we ended up sitting basically on the same row as well and swapped details, and then here we are. So, yes, Liverpool all my life, uh, main reason probably apart from my uncle supporting it um michael owen used to love him was my favorite striker growing up and then nice. and then after that gerard and then probably my favorite ever liverpool player is is torres so so yeah Good and pick. then yeah then obviously we've got you know who, who i met at school luke all right luke tell, tell us about yourself man uh where's it so so Interesting that we got the rivalry here. I mean, I'm uh, I'm actually live from Old Trafford right now. For people the Manchester see. United. Yeah. So yeah, I pretty much live there. I just spend my time between Old Trafford and Carrington. I'm joking. I've never been to either. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. I mine's pretty simple. It's just my family's or my my dad's side of the family sport United, and that's how I ended up. And, yeah, kind of. I got into football quite late, actually. So my kind of like first memories was like the kind of Berbatov, Ronaldo and Rooney era and just enjoying that for a little while before everything went to shit and we're at where we are now. And most of my weekends are just tears. But, hey, but yeah, that's probably the sign of a quite... true fan. You you stick by them no matter what, right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you, you stop watching and you boom Maguire, but other than that, you, you kind of get through it. Although I would still rather be in a United fan than um than an Arsenal fan. I knew Ooh. that was coming. 
And that leads us to Joseph. Joe, man, tell us about yourself. Yeah, what's up, boy? I'm so happy to be back on the pod. I've the nice little rebrand we've got going on. It's beautiful. So I've been, yeah, I've been a gooner since literally the since I can ever remember becoming my dad, huge Arsenal fan. Um, my granddad was actually a Chelsea fan. Used to watch him back in the old war times and that before they got all this new influx of uh, of dirty money. But um, yeah, with <laughs> Arsenal, I've just, yeah, I love Arsenal. I've literally moved into a new place two days ago. I've already got an Arsenal scarf hanging on the door. Absolutely love them. Uh, yeah, there's been some rough times. Of course, there's been some good times. I had a season ticket for uh, 15 through to 19. Uh, 2015 through to 2019. So I went to a few Champions League games and then it dropped down to Europa League games, obviously, where we went through that real uh, rough patch, been FA Cup finals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if I had to highlight what my favourite moments as an Arsenal fan would be, except from the FA Cups, would be probably watching my favourite players like Seth Fabregas, a huge fan of Alexander Kleb back in the day, brilliant player, Antonio Reyes, Robert Perez, the list goes on. But yeah, huge gooner, and I'm happy to be back. Yep. Yeah. All right, so as you guys can tell, this podcast is very red, very red. We will... Now, now listen, if you're not a fan of Manchester United, Liverpool, or Arsenal... That doesn't mean we're not going to show your team love unless you're Man City. Can't give your team love. Uh, but but listen, we're going to be as impartial. That's the right word, right? Impartial as we can mm. and try to be fair straight down the middle, just like Gary Neville. You know, he's always very straight down the middle. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but if you're a Liverpool man, you are Arsenal fan. We're probably going to be covering those teams more than others just because that's who we root for, but that's who we are. That's who we support. But the main thing is, Hey, why are we called cornbread crumpets in football? Because we have an American mixed with English men and we're doing a soccer football podcast together. So that is the reason for the name. And I think it's a beautiful thing because your sport is growing massively in America and our sport, the NFL is growing massively where you are. So it's really cool. And uh, do you guys want to tell them about your other podcast real quick before we get into the meat? Yeah, so uh, Joe and myself have just started. Um, similar to how, you know, fantasy football, American football is, is, is massive. We're starting to see year on year um, Premier League fantasy football is getting larger and larger. So... Joe and myself have been doing it for a few years. So we've we started a podcast. It's called the the Free Hit Podcast. Um, and we'll be covering all things uh, fantasy Premier League week in, game week, game week, going through best players to pick, our predictions. And we've got a little league going against each other. Um, and we've also opened up a league for anyone that listens to the pod to join. You can join before the season starts. You can join midway through the season just to sort of grow that community and all, all compete against each other. Yeah, and you guys do fantasy football NFL as well, right? We do, we do. Yeah. And that's one yeah. of the reasons how we've become I've, so besotted with NFL because I love the fact that football or soccer is growing so much in America and all around the world because it actually gives us, I don't know, we're Brits, we like to think we're the best anyway, but thinking that the Prem is the best league in the world, which I believe it is, and I think a lot yeah. of people do as well. Um, and I think you do too over there. 
over over in America. But yeah, it's great to see NFL as well get so big over here. I think we spoke before the podcast went on of how like you pick a team based on success, for example. Ads, I'm not sure why you picked Dallas Cowboys, but mine was I literally picked the worst team in the NFL at the time, which was Cleveland Browns. And now, you know, they're doing quite well. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, Deshaun Watson is a very, very talented player. So, you know, we'll see what, it, what, what, what comes to that. So maybe there's an NFL podcast in our future as well. I kind of gave these guys the podcasting bug because Luke himself now has two other podcasts too. So tell them about that, Luke. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the big one is, it's actually been going for a couple, couple months. Uh, we got the fourth sector, which is a, a formula one show, uh, pretty much covers a bit like this recap every week, seeing how things are doing, covering any rumors and stuff like that. There's a lot going on at the moment. We've just kind of broken to the summer, the summer break. So you kind of got all the transfers and everything that's going on there. Um, which there was a massive Alpine today. Yeah, they were they uh announced the wrong driver today, um, which was very interesting. Never seen that happen before. Um, so that's currently up for discussion. Um, and then we have another podcast which is incredibly British, very dry mm-hmm. humor. Uh, called No Offense, Mate, where we just get drunk and complain about stuff for half an hour. I can't uh, wait to join that one, man. I yeah, it'd be great to have one. you on and and yeah. and hear what you uh, hear what uh, you have to complain about on your side because ours are very petty. Um, so yeah, all stuff over there. Um, some of them more kind of insignificant than others, but it's a good laugh for half an hour. So let me ask you when, when Adam, so I, I texted Adam and asked him if he interested to do a premier league podcast. So when Adam reached out to you, Luke, and then eventually you, Joe, did you guys envision enjoying it so much that you'd start your own shows? Like, did you see that coming? Yeah. I mean, Adam and I actually discussed for a while oh, about he told starting me yeah. some sort of show. Um, we, the, the issue we had, well, not an issue, but the thing that we had is we were not quite sure what it was. Um, we discussed sports, we discussed some other things. Um, so yeah, and then obviously we started the the football show, um, and then yeah, just decided I wanted to do a similar thing, Formula One. It kind of just spiraled, and then yeah, you kind of just I, I complain quite a lot. That's that's my thing. So figured I'd <laughs> make a show about that too. I gotta get um, on that one, man. I got yeah, it's to. a lot of fun. And it's, it's very little prep, right? Like we turn up, the other person doesn't know what you're going to complain about. So it's all like uh, very raw and uh, yeah, it's good fun. Love it. All right. So that's who we are. That's who we support. And we're going to be here for you week in, week out, breaking down the Premier League and also the Champions League because you can't leave out the best competition in the world. In my opinion, I think the Champions League is the most entertaining playoff format system Close second being March Madness, uh, college basketball. But listen, last year was crazy. Another very tight race between Liverpool and Man City. Uh, Liverpool falls short and also loses 1-0 in the UCL final. Still an overall very successful season for them. They won the Carabao Cup as well as the FA Cup. But still kind of left a bad taste in my mouth by losing the league by a point and losing the UCL by a goal. So we're going to see where we're at this year, and let's kick things off talking about transfers. So I got to start with the biggest one, Erling Holland heading over to Man City. Now, listen, guys, 
obviously that's a huge signing huge he's going to get loads of goals if he can stay healthy because he has had some injury issues he has people people don't like to talk about that but he has he's pretty young and he's missed a significant amount of time already so let's see maybe it's his body type or something like that but he does get he does he gets he gets knocked he gets knocked a bit so we'll see if he can stay healthy but they bring him in and they lose a couple key pieces in Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling I don't think that people understand how significant those two were for Man City. So losing those two players and bringing in Holland, their offense is completely different all of a sudden. It really changes things up. So how do you guys think it's going to work out, Luke? Fair of it to me. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm torn about it. I um, I think the uh, there's a lot of talk that Haaland's going to be top goal, goal scorer of the season. I don't see it, personally. I still think it's it's more likely going to be... Um, I actually think it's going to be salary, and obviously we're going to come on to that later. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if... City have had a long time, or not a long time, um, at least a good season of not having an out-and-out striker. Um, so I think it's, it's going to take time to adapt back to that. Um, but... I don't know. I mean, preseason, which you can't take tons from, but um, from what I've seen, I think it would take a little bit of work to get it in um, or to get things as fluid as maybe it would be um, for other clubs. But honestly, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how it's going to work. Obviously, he's going to score goals, but I'm not, I don't have the feeling he's going to be this absolute force. We got it wrong with Lukaku last season, where we yes, kind we of did. said yeah. he'd, he'd fit straight into the team. He was doing amazing stuff at Inter um, and it just didn't click. I, I I don't think they're going to have quite that issue. I do think he's going to be um, a different situation to that, but I do think it's not going to be as clear cut as you've got an out and out number nine. He's going to score you, you know, over 20, yeah. 25 goals a season. Um, now, like you said, there's the injury thing. So I'm, I'm yeah. honestly not sure. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like absolute certain he's going to be top goal scorer. Is what I should say. Uh, I agree. And now relating to this, Joe, being an Arsenal fan, you get Gabby. And <laughs> he's he's a heck of a player, man. That's a, that's good signing for you guys. And when I saw he went there, I was like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. He He's played under Arteta before. He knows how to use them. And I think that's a hell of a signing. Were you excited? I'm yeah, I'm buzzy. I'm absolutely buzzing to see Gabriel Jesus play. The thing, the, the thing that's funny last season when I was doing my fantasy Premier League, I was still putting Gabriel Jesus in because I liked him that much, and I still saw him as a value play, even playing for City. Gabriel Jesus, I hope he does well. I'm not going to jump the gun because it is pre-season and, you know, we're playing a teams like Sevilla, not that great at the moment. They've just lost a lot of good players as well. Going back to your point on Haaland, so losing Sterling and Jesus Zinchenko, I don't see it being that big of a problem for Haaland and the way that City play. They'll always get the ball in the box. You saw it against, um, not against, during the Community Shield game, just getting balls in the box. And it was extremely unlucky that Haaland didn't get any returns in that game. I think what you lose in Sterling is pace. 
And what you lose with Jesus is someone who can come off the bench and replace the job of the striker that wasn't doing, or the player or the, the centre forward that wasn't doing the job at the time. So I think Haaland will be fine. As you said, he will get bags of goals. Injuries I didn't even consider, but he has been injured. He's had considerable amount of time off at Dortmund. Um, I think he won't get, I'm going to say he won't get in the top three scorers this season, but he will have a good season. Just because City, when you look at it, say, in a shared point of view, the goals are shared so much. Whereas if yeah, you get a player like Nunes or Kane, all of the balls are going through them. But yeah, Ads, yeah. what do you think about Haaland? Um, oh, he'll get in the top three easily. Um, City create too many chances for for him not to for him not to score bags of goals. I mean, you look at the games where they won four five nil, they'll win six seven nil purely because he'll be getting more goals. Um, like Joe said, the amount of balls that they put in the box. I mean, I remember watching a game. It was when I started to get excited about Liverpool possibly winning the league. Was they went away to Palace, uh, Man City? They they drew the game, but for for eighty minutes of that game, they were dominating possession. Palace was so deep that basically you had um, both wingers of City driving to the byline and then putting a ball in inside the box, and they had no striker there to finish it. Now they have, and also I think watching the Community Shield. You're just waiting for De Bruyne and Haaland to click because Haaland was making those runs and no one was finding him but eventually they'll start to learn the runs he makes where he goes diagonal across the the two center backs and De Bruyne's got the quality to play to play those balls through so I think he'll I think we're in a, a great season where we've got actually five top strikers um yeah. or, or maybe maybe three or four because I, I think Jesus will do well but Sterling's a bigger miss for for City than than Jesus because I feel like Watching Grealish on that left, he's completely different to Sterling. I think Sterling suited City's play more and was a bit more direct when they needed it. So I think Sterling's yeah. a bigger miss. My, um, only, my, my only thought is is just like in the past five years, Man City's leading scorer hasn't been that many goals. Like I think the, the couple of years ago, it was like 13. That was their leading goal scorer. So like they spread the ball around so much that it's going to just be weird for me to see a player get north of 20 goals in their system. But I, I understand how good Holland is. I get it. So I know he can do it. It's just going to be a massive change from the city that has been going on the past five years because they've typically been, you know, multiple guys on their team get eight goals, nine goals, 10 goals. It's really shared around to whoever KDB finds an open space. So it's just different. Now, uh, what do you think about Sterling to Chelsea? Does that massively improve Chelsea? Yes, but because I don't think Chelsea's attacking options have been that great. I mean, Chelsea fans for years have been going on. When they bought Ziyech, oh my God, we're doing this great business. He has flopped. They bought Lukaku. I blame Tuchel on Lukaku because I think Lukaku is a world-class striker, but he's a type of striker that you need to build a team around. I know some people say, yeah, but top class players can have can adapt, but then there's also top class players that have a certain way that will score you bags of goals. So yeah, I think Sterling is a is a good signing for them. Um at the same time, it's not got me scared of Chelsea just because I don't think they still have got 
and whether whether we see it with Brozier returning and it doesn't look like he's going to leave, he wants to leave. It sounds like because he doesn't, he's not going to get that much game time. But it looks like Tuchel wants to give him a go. Whether that's coming off the bench until they sort of sort out that problem. And I mean, it's it's quite a Chelsea problem. Um, you know, Drogba after Drogba, Diego Costa, but those, those are the only two real strikers that have ever gone to Chelsea and worked out. Um, Luke, so it's, it's a big problem. Luke, I remember last year you and I were talking about Chelsea and, you know, all the everything they were going through with uh, with Roman, with the owner and, you know, all, all this scandals. And we were hearing whispers that people wanted to get out. And basically, you and I were pondering that they could possibly have a much different roster this year than they did last year. And there wasn't as much turnaround that I was expecting but what are your thoughts on their their new look this year? And what do you think is going to happen with uh, Lukaku? I think I think it's a given that Lukaku will leave, even if it's back on loan to, to Inter, which I think is, as far as I'm aware, the most likely situation. I think Chelsea's biggest problem right now is they can't get people in. And now they're focusing on, uh, I, I think, going up against City for, what his name? Cucurella? Cucurella, yeah. So, so Lukaku's already gone to Inter, so that's a, that's a done oh, deal. Right. Okay, there you go. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like, well, Man City aren't going to bid any more than what they have for, for Cucurella, so it looks like Chelsea. But then that's a left back, which... That's what I'm saying. Out of everything that I think Chelsea should be focusing on right now, a left back doesn't make sense. And it's just, obviously, they had the thing with Rafinha. Rafinha was basically done, then Barcelona came in and... Um, Obviously, that happened. Then you had it with, um, was it Kunde? Kunde's another one that they kind yeah. of slipped slip through. So it just seems like Chelsea's biggest thing right now is trying to get people through the door. And it seems like they're a bit like United, actually, at the moment, um, where they're kind of in no man's land as to what's going on and they're not really prioritizing the positions they should be. Um, so I actually agree with Adam. Obviously, United are in a very different situation to Liverpool, but... Chelsea, if I if I was a Liverpool or a City fan, I would not see Chelsea in the same light that I maybe would have last season or the beginning of last season, where I think they could be somewhat in a fight for second. Um, I think they got a lot to work out and they're going to need a pretty big um, end to the transfer window because it's been, yeah, it's been a little bit shaky for them. A, a lot with Chelsea with this transfer has to do with obviously... The stuff happened with Abramovich at the end of the season. Dan, we have another American owner coming in into the Premier League uh, with with Ted Bowley, um, who my my mind's gone blank, but I'm sure yourself or Joe remind me he owns an American franchise um, already, doesn't he? The the Clippers. There we go. Um, so so he's come in, and I think what he's done, he's he's being compared to football manager esque. So. Um, they had, I believe her name was Mari- Mar- Mariana, um, who was their sort of chief negotiator. She'd done all the deals for the players, um, bought them, sold them. Um, she brought in all these players. Uh, she was quite quite loved by the Chelsea fans. Um, they also had Peter Cech on, on their side. And he he come in and, and both of them he, he got rid of. And he's really been doing the transfer business himself. And I think that's where they've fallen flat, especially on the Rafinha and Kunde deals with having that inexperienced uh, sort of head. Um, They've made a few moves though. We've obviously 
um, Sterling Kudabali. So, and they've also just agreed a fee for it's 18 year old Aston Villa, Chuck Quasi, I believe his name is, who's mm. uh, quite a promising young player. They're looking at Cucurella. So, I think they're getting a few bits right. But yeah, I'm, again, I think Todd Bowley's come in. He's he's tried to make an impact with some of these signings. But yeah, I'm, I think I don't think they'll be fine for the title. Okay. Um, all right. So I have to just mention my favorite transfer that doesn't include that doesn't involve Liverpool. Guys, can we guess? Yes, you can. So funny enough, um, when me and Joe earlier we recorded our first episode of the fantasy podcast, and uh, Joe, who've you who've you got in your fantasy team in midfield? Oh my god! Of course, my my brain was just completely blank. Then Aronson. Yep, Brendan motherfucking Aronson. This guy, I'm telling you, listen, I'm a homer. He's from Medford, New Jersey. That's very very close to where I'm at right now. He grew up a Liverpool fan because of Steven Gerrard and he played for the Philadelphia Union. So I saw him play live a few times. And when there's a young player and his brother actually Paxton Aronson plays for the Philadelphia Union right now. And he's young. He's like 19. So we'll see if he ends up being any good guys. Brendan Aronson's going to be better than Christian Pulisic. He's going to be better than you've heard it here. This guy is such a talent with the ball at his feet, it's a joy to watch. He's basically like the American prime Coutinho. That's where he could get to is what I'm saying. Uh, on just a, just a few days ago in a friendly between Leeds and uh, Cagliari. How do you say that? Cagliari. Cagliari. Yeah. Cagliari. Leeds won 6-2. Aronson had three assists. Mm. Boys, he is going. Now, it might take a little bit to adjust to the Premier League, but He's going to get his stats. He'll he'll end up being at Leeds for a couple years, and then he will end up on a top six club. You guys need to be on his radar. He is so fun to watch, incredibly fun to watch. And it's a huge, huge win for American soccer to have someone this good, this young, that's going to make an impact in the best league in the world huge so so i actually asked these guys what what's the rule am i allowed to have a jersey other than liverpool and i'm gonna get myself a leeds brendan aronson jersey because i'm supporting the guy you know he's he's a local kid good guy super skilled and i can't wait to watch him play i'm gonna try to watch as many leeds games as i possibly can to check i hope he's better than um pulisic because he's in my fantasy team for at least the first two weeks so yeah, let's hope. I just think the only problem is that do Leeds have talent around him that can complement his his talents that you you think he has? Because I, I know nothing about him. I literally just put him in because he was cheap and he's American and he, he did well at Salzburg. That's literally it. But I want to... And the thing with, can I, I, with Pulisic is disappointing because I can see his talent as well. But I think injuries have completely destroyed his career so early already. Um, but I think he's, he fits in like a glove in that Chelsea team and they're exactly what he needs if he could stay fit. But I'm glad that it's, it's good for you guys back at home. Yeah, it's great, man. And I obviously, I hope he ends up on Liverpool. But, you know, no matter where he goes, I'm going to be rooting for this guy for the rest of his career. I truly believe within two to three years, he'll be on Man U, 
Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, or Chelsea. He'll be on one of those teams in, in a couple of years. He's going to prove his worth, and someone's going to pay for him. And the kid is dedicated to the game. All he does, it's his life. It's his whole life. And uh, for the American team, he used to come on to replace Pulisic. So when Pulisic would come out, he would go in. And I would be pissed off, like, why, why aren't they playing these two guys both at the same time? They're mm. clearly the most skilled players we have. Find a way to make it work. They Who's the manager? Have... Is it Klinsman still? I know nothing about I'd, uh, I forget his who name. the manager is for the U.S. I'd have to look it up. But uh, they, they are finally playing together, and he produces. He produces. He's, he's getting goals internationally. He's getting assists. Kid is so fun to watch, guys. Huge on Brendan Aronson. Huge on him. Okay, then I have one more, and then if you guys have any predictions, if not, we're going to have to do our rapid-fire season predictions, Golden Boot, and Champions League prediction uh, to end the show. So, last one, obviously, I got to mention Nunez, Darwin Nunez to Liverpool. Guys, uh, I actually want to get Luke's take on this first. I got so annoyed with Liverpool Twitter because some fans are so toxic. It's insane. Now – he had a rough first preseason game where he didn't play well. He missed a couple opportunities. It's a preseason game, and it was the first game, and people are already saying he's a waste of money, this, that, and the other thing. And then he scores four goals, and people shut up. So I'm excited for him. I haven't really seen a striker like this on Liverpool I, that I can remember in quite some time. You know, I love Bobby, but he's a false nine. So to have a true number nine, is very very exciting. I I think he could score twenty goals this year. I think he could. What do you guys think, Luke? What's your take on that? Well, first of all, um, there's preseason, so Liverpool side. I think anyone that gets excited or or even the opposite gets down because of whatever happens in preseasons needs to take a chill pill. Yeah, because you know essentially all it is is about fitness and results are results goals are goals but that's you know don't look into it too much um i don't, I don't know um i think before he went to liverpool i talked to adam a, a little bit about it i didn't want him for united i i think it's hmm. especially for how, how much he costs it would have been a massive amount of our budget um and there's other positions i think that needed more attention um also it's still the th- it still sits for me. It's been one good season, um, and that's not obviously to question his talent. But I think Liverpool can definitely take more of a risk than United can right now, um, because if you kind of look at where Liverpool are at in their journey, and <laughs> sorry about that, speed speed racer, um, yeah. Um, but where they are, where they're at in their journey, you know, they they can afford to kind of splash out on one big player, and and um, you know, if it doesn't work, it's it's you'll get goals from the likes of Salah and Diaz, and it's kind of whatever. Where and Jota, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And I I don't feel like United can can fall back on that, right? So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure about him to be honest. Like I I think he will do well, and I agree. Like it will probably be twenty odd goals a season, um, but. For for United, I don't think that would have been the case. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but I I I, mm. I think he's more of a Liverpool fit than he would have been for United. 
I'm still not convinced he's like at the same levels than what we're seeing from from Haaland and people. Yeah, well, like we'll have to wait. There's only we'll been one, one season, right? Yeah, we'll so. have to wait and see. But uh, before we get to Liverpool, Adam, before we get your take on it, I want to run this by you, Joe. Do you think, you know, obviously we lost Sadio Mane, huge loss. He's been a, a great player for, for many years. I, I, I love him as a person too. He's so genuine. You know, we all know how much he donates back to Senegal. Everybody knows about his shattered iPhone that somebody had to buy him a phone because he wouldn't, because he doesn't care about that type of thing. Great guy. We all know he's a great guy and an amazing football player. So they lost him. And Joe, do you think the fact that Sadio left combined with the fact that Man City got Holland is the reason that uh, Liverpool signed Nunez. Do you think that's why? Do you think it's related? I, I don't think so. I think Klopp had Nunez in his mind way, like when he was in his season at Benfica. The The reason why I think Nunez will do well in the Prem, I'm not sure about 20 plus goals. Could happen. I think around that area, but I don't, I don't think like 25 or so. No way. Nunez is a fantastic player. And the only reason why I'm so confident in Nunez is because I'm so confident in Klopp. That I, I hate to say it because I'm not a Liverpool fan and I'm not saying it from a biased point of view, but if he was my manager and he was making those kind of decisions, I'd be happy with it. I think that Nunez and Haaland being on the same level, that's going to be debated in their play throughout the season. But I think on your point about Mane, that's a huge loss for Liverpool. Um, I just, I think Mane talent wise, this might sound stupid, but in my head was better than Salah. Whenever I watched the two players, Salah could do certain things that, no, no other player on the team could do. But when Mane was on the ball, just magic. I know me and Ads watched a few Liverpool games last season. I know we watched Liverpool City together. And Mane was just, he's a majestic player. And I think it'll be a great game for Bayern Munich. That's going to come into my argument when we talk about UCL later on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think Nunes will be fine. I'm pretty sure Ads is, I can see him red hot railing to go with this. So, Hey man, Mane, he like doubled his salary by going to, to buy He did everything him. at Liverpool. He, yeah, he, he, he completed yeah. it. If it was a game, he'd done everything. So Except I don't the community him. shield. He just missed out on that <laughs> one. Because he, he left just before. Like, why did, he should have won the community shield that they just won and then left. But uh, all right, Adam, I know you were excited, but realistic expectations for Darwin Nunez year one. Oh, I think, first of all, thank you, Sadio. Love him. He's a Liverpool legend. Yes, he, agreed. He, um, I, I remember his first game against Arsenal. He scored an amazing solo goal, jumping on Klopp's mm -hmm. back. He and Tim... I can't... Uh, and Tim sized I can't think of the word, but basically everything about Klopp's type of football was within Epit that one Epitomised? Epitomised, there we go. There you go. Um, and he'll smash it at Bayern. And again, I've got a few thoughts on them for the Champions League as well. We'll come on to that. Um. Darwin Nunes, I think he's going to smash it. I've said in terms of Premier League goals, I think 15 goals in his first season. Um, he's not a one season one day. He had a very good season at Almeria uh, in the second division of Spanish football um, when he first started. Uh, because funny enough, so this was at the time when Suarez was at Barcelona. And Suarez done an interview when, when Nunes was joining Liverpool and he said, I, I knew about this kid. Obviously, they were in the same team for, for, for Uruguay. Um, this was when he was at Al Almeria and he said to Barcelona, you need to sign this guy. 
um, like he's going to be the next, you know, your next striker for 10, 10 years. And, and they didn't take the chance. Um, there was also a Premier League club at that time. I can't remember whether it was Leicester or another club interested. So he, he's been, and like listening to, to Klopp and Pep Linders, who's the, one of the Liverpool coaches, they've been scouting him for a while. So I think Sadio leaving meant that they may have sped things up, but I don't think it's to do with Haaland. Um, he reminds me of Cavani in terms of his work ethic. I mean, like watching highlights of him and now watching him in pre-season, but the community shield, you can really see what he's about in terms of leading that press, charging down the players. And then also we're already starting to see what I could think could be one of the most deadliest duos in the Premier League, Trent and Darwin. You're already Oof, starting to see yeah. Trent understand those runs that Darwin's making. Um, but then also at the same time, as Klopp said, it's not just about finding him when he makes those runs, but it's about taking one or two defenders on those runs with him to allow space for then Diaz or Salah or or Jota, who, again, a great piece of business by Liverpool. He's just signed a new five-year contract yeah. uh, today. So, well, I, I mean, uh, obviously, Luis Diaz is going to have to really step it up. He's going to be the everyday starter now with, uh, with Mane gone. So we'll see Carvalho how Carvalho as well from Fulham. Look out for him. Oh, yeah. I like him. He, he looks yeah. very uh, fun to watch. Um, he impressed me last season in the championship. You guys might call me crazy, but when I saw Darwin Nunez and I looked up his highlights, you know, obviously he has the physique of, like, if you were building a striker, that's the physique you would build. Can you guys guess who he reminds me of? The way he's, like, jacked and in really good shape and he's tall and his long hair. Can you guys guess? Messi. Zlatan. You got it, Joe. Zlatan. <laughs> he, he really reminds me of him. Are you Does. sure it's not Messi? Are you sure? <laughs> just to be clear, I was fully joking. Yeah. I know you were. I know you were. But yeah, it reminds me of Zlatan, just the way he looks. Like, you, did you guys see that picture of him holding the fish by the <laughs> yeah. pond? Yeah. He is shredded, yeah. dude. Oh, my God. He is. At 40, isn't he? He's 40. Well, I was talking about Dar- Darwin, but yeah, I mean. Oh, Zlatan, sorry. I thought you were talking about the photo of Zlatan. Right? Yeah, I saw was, that one too. He, he uploaded one as well, right? Yeah, I saw that one too. I mean, Zlatan's a, a freak of nature. Yeah, but his, his physique just reminds me of Zlatan. I'm very excited to have an actual striker and uh, we'll see how it works out. Um, okay. Any other prediction or any other uh, transfers you guys want to mention before we do our rapid fire predictions? Sort of transfer, but something that I want to throw out there. Ronaldo. No. No, oh. it's 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 more something that it's a question, and it's something it's a theory that I have. Um, it's 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 not groundbreaking. I feel like it's also pretty obvious. Um, but for me, kind of looking at where United are, and I'm keen more more than anything keen to get Adam to on this. But I think Maguire will start the season for United, but I cannot see him being a starter at the end of the season. Wow. Um, I think that's not to say even, you know, I, I, if Varane can stay fit, I think he'll be one of them. Um, but kind of seeing Martinez come in, um, again, kind of contradictory to what I was saying about preseason, but, um, just how he was against Atletico and it just allowed us to play the higher line and be a little bit more dynamic. I can't see. And, and before that, seeing how Maguire struggled, um, with playing the higher line and, and being more on the ball. I can't see him being a starter at the end of the season. Interesting. Do you think no, I agree. Do you think they'll try to transfer him or that's not possible? I don't know how you do it. 
to be honest. Because even, let's say for argument's sake, they take a loss and they get 20, 30 million uh, Maguire. It's finding someone to pay his wages um, or anything close to that. You, you know, you're the, the only place I could see him... I, he won't, you know, he's not going to be in a top six team, which means he has to be in a team that's going to be somewhat counter-attacking that allows him to sit back and not have to worry about being on the ball too much. I weirdly, after watching um, Atletico, think he could actually play in that system um, quite well. So if they want to come pick him up, I think he'd actually do okay at Atletico Madrid. Um, but it's the salaries. I don't know how you, how you, that's a speed bump. I'm not sure how you, how you conquer it. Um, unless he just is willing to kind of sit back at United, um, which we've seen with multiple players up until now, just wasting away at the club. And I think that's what it's going to be. Um, even if it's not so much the Martinez and Varane at the end of the season, I can see it being Varane and Lindelof or Lindelof and Martinez. You know, I can't see Maguire being able to keep up with, the tempo of the rest of the team, especially now, you know, you've got Delo coming in, who's not like Wambasaka, won't just sit back. He's very much, um, much more attacking and is definitely not very strong defensively. You've also got Malasia, um, who again is much more modern fullback and is going to get forward a lot more. So he's only going to be exposed more and more. Um, so I, I honestly think by Christmas, you won't be seeing Maguire playing many games, um, at least in the Premier League. Um, maybe what, what is, what's the Europa. main reason why he, he's not working out for Man U? Why, why, like, did, when you signed him, were you excited? Like, did you think that you had your next well, center back for the next 10 years or what? So It's a really good question. And you, the, the answer to that is you kind of have to look at where United were when they purchased Maguire and also Wan-Bissaka, right? They're a much more counter-attacking team. They sat back let teams attack them and then they'd kind of push forward. And that was very much the way Ollie wanted to play. Um, and then as time went on, Ollie wanted to adapt and kind of be more on the front foot. Wasn't necessarily good at it. Um, but I think the instructions given to Maguire didn't help. Um, and then obviously Ranyak came in, wanted to play more attacking. And now we've got Ten Hag and it's kind of just been this progressive snowball of managers wanting to play more of a modern game and be more attacking. And all throughout that, Maguire's confidence is getting lower and lower and lower. Um, the players around him are becoming more and more attacking, which means there's much more of a spotlight. Aside from that, fans have picked up on it and have also put a spotlight on him. So I think even if he did have, let's say, an average game, you know, it's not going to be good enough. And I think the the bits that he's done off the pitch haven't helped him as well. You know, he's very quick as a as a captain to blame other members of the team. He's, he's yeah, I don't like first. that about him at all. It's, it's really disgusting. Don't. Like, and and yeah. that was the bit where I think really turned people was when he was instead of focusing on mistakes. Um, there was one game in particular. I'm not sure. Can't remember who it was against, and he was re- solely responsible for two goals. And I remember the first thing he said after the game was, "We should have scored more goals." <laughs> And that's like, to me, I think that's when like everyone shut off. Um, I do get why Ten Hag has kept him as captain for now. He's probably come in um, and wanted to give him a chance, maybe boost some confidence and see how he does at the beginning of the season. But I, I genuinely believe it's just a matter of time. And I do think there is a good centre-back in there. Like, not by any means world-class centre-back, but I think there is a good centre-back in there. I think it just needs to be in a counter-attacking team that allows him to sit back 
and focus on his strengths instead of trying to be a dynamic ball playing center back, which he yeah. somehow now thinks he is. Yeah, I think he needs to get his confidence back and he really needs to start taking accountability because like, can you imagine Jordan Henderson saying something like that after a game? He would never do anything like that. You got to lead by example and to be a good leader, you're going to have to have the respect of your teammates. So we'll the see. We'll see how well. we'll see how it plays out. What, what was but that? The, the problem we have as well, you have to look at it, right? And it was a good comparison to Liverpool. If you look at the, the difference, right, is Liverpool are very much a unit where United have some real big characters. Obviously, Pogba's left now, but you still got the likes of Ronaldo, Fernandez. you know, they're big characters. And I think the likes of Maguire, like putting heat on them, when he's the one making mistakes, only splits the the dressing room. And I don't think that's an issue, particularly um, many other top six clubs have, if you know, if you can even call United a top six club, six club at the moment. They are, um, they are. <laughs> but it's something you have to sort out and you have to sort out quickly. I, I do think Ten Hag will do that, but it's, um, yeah, it's an issue that I, I think a lot of other clubs above United don't have to worry about because they're, they're much more of a unit. Um and I do think United have to get a captain that is going to unify them instead of, yeah, drop shit on them, which is beyond me how that's captain material for a club as big as United. He yeah, shouldn't he be playing for United. He, Harry Maguire should not be playing, not even anywhere near the Premier League. He's been relegated four times in his career. They should have let nature take his course. He'd be in League One. The quality's not there. I, I don't understand... Southgate, Ten Hag. Um, oh, no, I disagree. Zolsar coming out. He's a terrible footballer. He's worse than Philip Senderos. He's worse than Wes Brown. There's so many centre-backs that I could pluck out of my head that he is worse than. I don't get why so many managers defend him. Because I do believe if you put him in a, in a proper like old, like old mid-table counter-attacking team, I, do think, I don't think he's great. Right, I'm never going to call him world class, but I don't think he's like championship level. He's for United. He looks like a championship player for United, but I think if you stick him in the right system, okay, I don't think I think he's a bit better than that. He actually right. holds the record for being relegated uh, by two different clubs in one season. That's insane. Is that serious? It's not, it's not great, is it? The Englishman. The Englishman wow. holds a record of relegating with two different clubs in one season, and he's been relegated four times in his career. Wow. Nature should have taken his course. He should be in League One. I don't get why. Adam's also been very quiet in this. No, I'm just letting you you talk about about Maguire. Um, I'm I'm sort of fifty. I'm sort of halfway in between Luke and Joe. You know, I don't think he's there is a Premier League club that he could probably. Go at he's he's on Tyro Ming's level, and I think he's an awful defender. So, you know, he can head it. And they both ask, play for England. <laughs> yeah, ask ask him to clear clear a ball out of the box, and he and he's good. But anything else, um, but I think <clears throat> in sorry, there was one more team that I think we do need to talk about in terms of transfers. That that is Tottenham, because obviously they've made um a, a lot of moves. Um, I think it's six or seven, I believe. So. Have so they Fraser, the most so far? Um, I, they did at one point. It might be Arsenal. I'm not too sure, actually, because I think some of the players they've signed, for example, so, so Fraser Forster, um, they brought in as a, as a backup keeper. They've then gone and got um, Richarlison from Everton, who I think that is a, a an overrated player who they've overspent on. I, 
I do not rate him at all. He's 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 got the attitude and then the talent don't mix. He's got that arrogant attitude, which I love in a footballer, only if they're world class. Like he thinks he's better than he is, but at the same time, he won't be starting every game. So they've got a good striker to come off the bench or play in that front three. Perisic, uh, which even though he's, I think, of the age of about 35, 36, again, a very astute sign in Liverpool, have it with, with, with Milner. You need that experience in the team. You need someone that's used to winning. He's used to winning. He knows Conte and he'll be putting a shift in at wing back. Um, Jed Spence, really exciting signing. Um, Nottingham Forest, best player, one of their best players last season. Um, they didn't actually make any money because he was on loan from Middlesbrough. Um, funny enough, he had a he had a run in with one of my favourite managers ever, mm. Neil Warnock, at Middlesbrough. He basically said uh, to that him, "That guy's hilarious." Yeah, Legend. and he basically said to him, "You are either going to play in the Premier League or your non-league, like decide." So I think that's where some of the problem with the players they've signed and especially with a manager like Conte, will be the attitude and, and how it works. That's where I see the issues. Um, and then Longley on loan, who is all right. I'm sure in a back five will be decent. But again, that's why you play a back five, because your centre-backs aren't that great. Um, and then probably their best signing, in my in my opinion, is Basuma. I mean, that's a quality signing. Great midfielder. Goes straight yeah, into their good. team. Um, you guys know who Dave Portnoy is, the Barstool yeah, Sports. Barstool. So he was in London recently for Patty the Patty the Baddies fight. Uh, yeah. You know the the UFC fighter from Liverpool. Yeah. So they both signed with Barstool Sports, Patty the Batty and Ma, Ma, Meatball Molly, Molly the Meatball, whatever. Yeah. So they are both under contract for the, the they're sponsored by Barstool Sports. So he went to London and. Turns out he wanted to find a team to root for. When he gets to London, Harry Kane asked him to meet him. So he goes and he meets Harry Kane and Eric Dyer, and they gave him a Tottenham shirt. He's now a Tottenham fan. And this dude is very loaded, and he's known for making crazy bets. Like, for instance, uh, during the NBA Finals, he bet $25,000 that the Boston Celtics would get to 10 points before the Warriors did. That is an insanely gambler, gambling person's bet. The first to 10 points, that's crazy. So this guy makes wild bets. He put, I believe, 15 grand, $15,000 that Tottenham will win the Premier League this year. <laughs> so there's that. Enough said, really, because I love Point Noir, but what's he, what's he smoking? I don't know. That's, that's, yeah, I've, I watch a YouTube if any team expressions. Is uh, he, he loves, he loves Point because he's part of Barstool as well. And the amount of things he says about him, oh man, if who's any part of Barstool? Break. Uh, there's a Tottenham fan who's like an influencer here in London. He lives basically near Tottenham. His name's Expressions. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've watched he... him for years and years, and he always goes on about Point Noir, So. Yeah, he just made a video. He was in a Barstool video when he was yeah. at uh, one of their preseason games the other day. Um, yeah. It was in uh, South Korea because, dude, so many Sun jerseys. Oh, my goodness. It was a sea of seven. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, when you go to a sports game, people have all random types of jerseys on. This is the most, by far, 
of the same jersey that I've seen in one stadium. There were sevens everywhere. Like, Sun is huge in Korea. Huge. He is a megastar. So, all right. We covered most of the transfers. We'll talk about more as uh, we get into the season. But let's get into the meat, boys. Let's, Let's start off with the golden boots, since that's the easiest one. There is... You know, there are plenty of people that are going to do good. And by the way, Joe, I'll make another prediction. I think Gabby's going to score 15 goals for Arsenal this year. You 15 think? goals. That you is think? my – That I think he's going to do very well there. Arteta knows how to use them. And I think I think him and Saka, I think they're going to connect very well. And I think that their play styles are very good. I think they're going to mix very well together. But Golden Boot, if it's not – Broken, don't fix it. Mohamed Salah, I, I think he'll win it again. That's my pick. Luke? Me too. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna write these down. Keep track. All right. Yeah, I'm Salah too. Salah too. No way. Three for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't argue with history. And not that much has changed with Liverpool. Fair enough, they got rid of Mane. But, yeah, I, I've, I've got Salah in my top three. Okay. And he will be the top goal scorer. And? I guess I might as well put something a bit different, but not that different. You know, I'm I'm going to back my boy Darwin. Okay. With with the chances, with the chances, he's we're going to be creating for him. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Darwin, but again, I think it's going to be very close with Harlan, Salah, Kane as well. Kane, a seasoned, a seasoned pro at scoring. You can't count out Sonny, man. Sonny oh, had a no. great end to the to the year last year. He was on fire. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that he caught up with Mo and they shared the golden boot, that was very impressive streak yeah. because Mo kind of slowed down once uh, once Diaz got there. But I think they're going to end up working uh, working together quite well this this year. Just on, on that point, then, don't you think that's crazy that Salah had a slow season and he still shared the golden boot? Yeah, a slow end to the season. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I'm saying from January, yeah. he was basically not not playing well at all. So yes, yeah, I, I think it's gonna. Be, I've, I'm gonna go against the grain there and say I think I don't think Son's gonna score as many goals as last season. Probably I think what not. Will be a big key factor as well. You've got to remember the World Cup, so you've got your players like um, I know Salah and Diaz, Egypt and Colombia aren't in this World Cup. Norway aren't in the World Cup. So when with Haaland. Start? starts towards the end of like the 22nd of november um, oh we gotta we gotta cover that yeah and then oh, it, yeah, ends, for sure. it ends it ends sort of similar 19th of december and then the first game back's boxing day so you're going to have those players that aren't going to the world cup such as harlan Salah and diaz that are going to get a month break so that's going to be key when whereas someone like kane he's going to start every game for spurs start every game for england and then have to come back and play. So is the so, is the season extended then? Um, no, no, no. So they've started it. They're, they're they're starting it technically. I think a week earlier. It might be extended by a week, but there's also a winter break that they'll they'll avoid. Uh, they'll forego. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And stuff like that. All right. So we have just to recap: three Mo's and one Darwin. So everybody thinks a Liverpool player will win the Golden Boot. Uh, okay. Let's get to the winners, or do you guys? Let's do relegation first. Um, Joe, how about you kick things off with the relegations? 
Uh, I think relegation is going to be probably the hardest it's been for a couple of seasons at least because we haven't got a Norwich which is like a nailed on relegation. Uh, my 18th, 19th and 20th. So 18th, I've got Southampton. I think every season they scrape by just doing enough. And I think this season, just like what I said for last season with Burnley, is that I think this, se- this season will be the straw that breaks the camel's back and that Southampton are not strengthening at all. They've lost Brozier, a huge player. They can't keep relying on Ward, Prowse and Armstrong. Um, so, yeah, they're my 18th. Uh, 19th, sorry, Ads, but Fulham. Um, I think they smashed it in the championship, but I'm coming from a real, really uneducated view in the sense that I didn't watch them at all last season. I'm just going oh, off the fact great. that they, they, that they broke Marco records Silva. with Mitrovic. Yeah, Marco Silva is the manager. Um, also, my bottom, 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 bottom is Bournemouth. And that's just because they're the worst team, I think, that are in the Premier League at this current moment in time. So I've got Southampton, Fulham and Bournemouth. That's fair. Uh, Luke. Hmm. I've, I've, so similar, similar to Joe, I've gone with, I think Southampton and Bournemouth to me are the most likely. I'm torn on the third though. And only because I think it'd be funny. And they just scraped it kind of last season. I kind of, this is more hope than I think, but. Everton to go down <laughs> wow. just because I want it to happen just because it'd be funny well that would be a great transfer so what, yeah, what was your first two Bournemouth and Southampton um, I really can't call a third to be honest with you and that's why I'm going to throw I say it's a wild card but as Adam just said they haven't really done much business but I think Everton could go down they were close last year mm-hmm. do you, what do you think of the manager Just all, all of it. I just, um, <laughs> something's really just not clicking, is it? And, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think it could be Everton. I don't think it's nailed on. I think the other two are pretty nailed on, but I think it kind of hope it will be. Okay. It'd be funny. Yeah. It'd be crazy for sure. Uh, Adam, great for you guys. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm not like an asshole to Everton fans. Like, I don't really, it's it's kind of just like they stink so much. It's not really fun to hate them right now. They're just bad. It's so. almost fun just to see them in a relegation battle each year rather than them get relegated just because it's... Yeah. Um, so they have to go through hell. Yeah. yeah. More so Frank Lampard for me, but that's just a personal yeah. thing. Yeah, he stinks, dude. He's a, he's a bad manager. Who do you think... Do you, do you think Lampard sees out the season? No. He'll, he'll be yeah, sacked by Christmas. It all depends. It, there's so many factors. So many factors. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adam, who, who's, your, who's your picks, man? I'm going to agree on Bournemouth. Um, I think Scott Parker done a good job last season, but just, you, three clubs have got to go down. I think they'll be one of the worst. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't pick Southampton because I fucking love Ralph Hasselhoen. So I, I can't go against him. I hope they stay up. He'll work some magic. Um, if they sack him, similar to what Burnley done with Deitch last season, then I hope they go down because they deserve it. 
Um, although Burnley are coming straight back up because Vincent Company is doing absolute wonders. Um, they won last last week their first game against Huddersfield of the of the Championship. Over three hundred passes, which of all of last season, Burnley only managed that three times, and they've done it in their first game. They were playing some absolute brilliant football. Um, you can see that he worked under Pep Guardiola, um, so we're starting to see that burn in the Championship. But anyway, Bournemouth. I'm then going to pick Nottingham Forest. Um, you are I picking think, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, because I'm not going to allow my emotions of them being a massive club and coming back for the first time in however many years. Um, they have got a good manager, but they had a lot of players on loan last season. A lot of them players haven't come back. They've bought, I can't, I can't name you. I don't know exactly how many, but you know, eight plus players they've brought in. It's a completely new team coming into the Premier League with a manager that hasn't managed in the Premier League either. Um, that's why I haven't put Fulham in there because Marco Silva has managed in the Premier League. It didn't work out well um, at Everton, but at Watford, he, he did do decent. I remember at Hull as well. That's why he got the Watford job because he was doing, doing well. Um, and I'm hoping Mitrovic can break this curse of being great in the Championship, not in the Prem. Wait, who's your third team? Uh, I, I haven't picked yet. So I'm going to go Bournemouth, um, Forest. I'm then going to say Leeds. No! I'm, not Leeds. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go with Leeds. Um, they've lost Rafinha. They've lost Phillips. They brought in, again, a lot of players, a lot of inexperienced players. The best American player of uh, all time. Best American player. <laughs> they've, they, they've got an American manager as well uh, with Marsh. Um, I hope they stay up because I do really like them, but I think nice. they'll be they'll be there along with uh, Fulham. Fulham will be there around there. Everton will be around there. It'll be interesting to see what Brentford do as well. Um, I have hopes that they hopefully can finish mid-table because I do like them. I like the manager. But again, this one, we say it every season, but I can't actually call. Whereas last season, Watford and Norwich, I don't think there's maybe Bournemouth for the only certainty. Okay. Um, I believe, uh, I, I agree with Bournemouth. They're my... Uh last place team and uh i don't think anyone else mentioned my other two teams no no one did so i'm actually going with brentford to be the 19th um i don't i just don't buy their i just don't buy them this year and i know there's other teams like southampton that could be worse and fulham but i just got a weird feeling that fulham's gonna stick around for at least a a season same with Nottingham Forest but maybe I'm being sentimental with Nottingham Forest um in my third one this is actually the biggest surprise of all but this team has just been so stagnant for so long they draw away too many times I think Brighton I think Brighton will will actually go down this year so I know that's kind of an outside the outside the box pick but they just don't do anything for me and I I think they're they're gonna have a chance that they could go down so that's our picks. Hey, I wrote them all down. There should be a prize for who, who gets all this stuff right. I wonder, I wonder how much of everything we're about to say is going to be correct. Like who's going to who, – who do you think is going to do the best? I bet you Luke does the best. I'm never correct. <laughs> if I had I'm to do – If I had to do a – I think Brighton's a massive shot call for you to pull that out because I think the manager's too good and the squad's too good. Uh, but, but fair play. But if I had to do a similar call where you're picking a team – that you don't expect to be there to be there. I don't think they will, but possibly could be Leicester. Okay. They are, Relegation. 
like I said, if I had to pick a shock team to be there, they are in oh, yeah. serious trouble. It is trouble. shocking, yeah. They are, in se- they are in serious trouble at the moment, though. They they can't spend... They haven't, they're the only team in the Premier League yet to buy a player. They can't until they, they sell. They're, they're in debt. They're in massive debt, it sounds like. Brendan Rodgers at the end of last season was talking about how he's still going to be manager because he wants to do a, a massive re-change of the team because they need that. And you saw it towards the end of the last season. He's now coming out, going back on that, saying, oh, until we sell, you know, I'm happy with the squad. Newcastle have been in for Madison, Chelsea in for Fana, Sh- uh, Schmeichel's left to go to Nice. Vardy's another year older. So he starts to look at that squad and Deedy's getting older. I don't think it will, but if I had to pick a shock to be lower down the table, my shock would be Leicester. Well, you know what? If we're picking shocks... Hey, you already did a shock. Everton. I, I'm going to go for another shock, though. Harry Maguire to make it a fifth relegation. And United. <laughs> oh, my United God. To to... No, <laughs> and he'll still play for England. And then he'll be bought. And then, and then Liverpool will buy him. And Bench Van Dijk. And play Maguire. That's my prediction for the season. He'll still play for England. Oh, that was good. Um, all right. It's time for the winner. Um, you know, should we do top six? I mean, that's a bit much. I think top we can do four. the winner. Let's do top four. Let's go from fourth to first. Go on, okay. Dan. You can cuss off. You want me to kick off? All right, yeah, fine. Fourth place, I have Arsenal. I think... Arsenal is going to be pretty good this year. I think they have a chance to actually do better than that, but I'm going to say they come in fourth. Third place. You ready for this one, guys? Manchester City. I Maybe this is just me hoping, but I got a weird feeling with all the turnaround they did, all it takes is one Holland injury, and they're lacking the depth that they had. It's it what they had really worked and they, they lost some key pieces. So I'm going to say Man City slips this year and comes in third place. Second place, I got Tottenham. I think Spurs are going to be very good. Obviously, they have a great manager and uh, they have great players. And we'll see if their defense can hold up. I think that's maybe, maybe one of their biggest flaws. But I think Spurs will have a good year. And first place, I think the Reds, Liverpool take it home. Because last time we lost the season, last time we lost the league by a point, the next year we won. That's my reasoning. <laughs> you guys are speechless on on my picks. You don't, you don't. Yeah, that agree. city pick, I can't, I can't get behind. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, th- I think, I hey, think man. the lowest city is going to get a second. But I love the call. You're, yeah. you've got, you're full you've of them today, calls, Brighton yeah. and hey, man. Brighton and City. The what, thing with City what, though. What, what, if you can't take if you can't take a chance with your predictions, exactly. Yeah. What's exactly. the point? What's the point of this? You know what I mean? So let's let's see. Let's see. And if I'm right, I'll be like, hey, told you so. If I'm wrong, I'll be like, well, it probably wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's fair. Uh anybody want to go next? I'll go next. I'm I, I I'm thinking quite similar to you. Oh yeah? Apart from the city. So I think I can see Arsenal fourth, um, Spurs third, Man City second, and Liverpool, I think, will win it by the skin of their teeth. Um, 
We're we're actually very close. Then you just have we have Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think Chelsea will probably get fifth, and um, I think United will. I mean, I know we're not doing top six, but I just the two of them. I think they're both on such shaky grounds. Um, Yeah, I think um, that's the top four that makes the most sense to me as of now. Obviously, it can all change with the end of the transfer window, but as of right now, that's the. That's the top, top four that makes sense. Okay. Who wants to go next, Adam or Joe? Yeah, go on. Why not? I'll go on. No, go on, Ad's gone. I think in fourth place can have Chelsea. Um, I do think, even though with the the, the changes that are happening, I I think they'll they'll by the end of the transfer window they'll have X amount of players in. I don't think too sure in terms of manager-wise against Pep and Klopp. I think actually he's starting to prove that he's not on their level because he's not improving players, but he's a very good tactical manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do think they have got, there is quality in that squad there. Um, I think in third place will be Spurs. I think Conte will have a good season. Um, I think Arsenal, again, will just miss out on the top four because they've made some good signings, but I still question that midfield in terms of the big games, I don't think they can control that midfield and win. Um, and I still have questions on their on their two on on their centre backs. Whether there's a lot of rave about Saliba coming back, but let, let's see what he does. It certainly looked good in the, in the French league last season. Gabriel and and Ben White are, are good defenders, but not. I don't think they're great. Um, and then in second place, I I, I think it will be City. Um, I, I sort of on your point, Dan, about I know we said about how they lost Sterling and Jesus, but then they done two players out, two players in because they brought in Harland, Harland and Alvarez, and and that Alvarez looks like he's going to be a very good right. player. And but my point, my point was like what they had worked, and this isn't guaranteed to no, work right right no. away. They might take some yeah. time. Um, who, I'm sorry, who was your third place team? Uh, Spurs, so Chelsea, right. Spurs, uh, and then City, and then it was very much. I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday, and and it said if Man City didn't sell Sterling or, or Jesus, they could win the Premier League again this season. And now they've added Haaland, so they can win the Premier League. If Liverpool had had kept their front three, I think they'd fall short. But the fact they've signed Darwin, I think, is a big factor. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go again. I think I think we will do it this season. It'll be very close though. Again, I think the top two teams again will be miles ahead of third and fourth. No matter how many transfers Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal do, they won't be able to catch them up. Even next season, I, I just think it's going to be very difficult for these teams to do it. Okay, that's fair. And uh, you had Liverpool taking it home, right? Yeah. Okay, Joe. Joseph. Let's go. I think, yeah, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I think we look banging in preseason. Jesus is fantastic signing. Loving Zinchenko being in the team. Good backup for our fullbacks. Or he can play in midfield as well. Um, Conte, you know, probably one of the best managers in the world. I wouldn't say he is, but he's in the top five, probably top seven, top five. But... I can't. I just can't put Spurs above Arsenal. So I'm going to put Arsenal in fourth place, which means if we're going after a bit of rash picks today on today's podcast, I'm going to yeah. have Chelsea in third. 
even though I think the signings that they've had make them weaker. I don't think they're better than what they were last season. But I just believe in Thomas Tuchel and I completely agree with what Adam said that he's not a developmental manager. He's just a very good tactician. And I think I think Chelsea will finish in third spot this season. Now, second and first, it's going to be as tight as it always is. But I'm going to go with City in second and Liverpool win in the league. I think... It's spitting feathers at this point because they're both as strong as each other. But I think just a personal gut feeling that Liverpool are going to be just as strong or even stronger than last season. I just, yeah, I believe in Klopp so much. I think they will win the league this season. Yeah. All right. So that's a clean, uh, clean sweep for Liverpool winning the league. Um, I'm going to make... All right, so now we're on to the Champions League, all right? I have all this stuff written down, and I'm trying to think of a prize to give the person that gets the most points. So for each each thing we just did, you will get a point. So if Mo Salah wins the golden boot, point, right? If you get – now, it doesn't matter what order for the relegation because – not all of us did it in order. If you get any of the teams right, you get a point. Got it? And then yeah. for the for the top four, since we actually did in order, each one you get right in order, two points, since it's actually in order to it. Now for the Champions League, how do you guys want to attack this? Should we, should we each just pick one team? Yeah, or one team's sh- going to win. Just just one? Yeah. Anybody want to start off? I'll go. I'll go. I, I'm going to go with, and I think this is going to be the most competitive Champions League in a long time. And I'm I'm, I'm deciding, but I'm, I'm, I'm um, torn between two teams. Um, one being Bayern Munich. I think they're just going to be very strong. However, at the same time, I'm going to go with my gut is telling me that Barcelona are going to be bouncing back. I believe that they even possibly, I'm going to call it now, will do the double. Wow. I think they'll be, I think they'll be that strong. I think the sun, I think Xavi showed last season with the players he had, he had a good tactical now about him. Um, and then I think Rafinha, although some people debate on the price, I think of the age and, He's a very good sign-in. He suits Barcelona. I think Lewandowski is a massive game-changer for me because he's just going to score them tons of goals. Um, and then also they've they've signed Kunde. Um, they've signed Kessie. They've signed Kessie as well. So that midfield now, they've got a Busquets replacement. Um, Pedri and um, Gavi are two young and upcoming Spanish midfielders that look fucking fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go big on Barca. Okay. That's, maybe they'll uh, start learning how to pay their players. Maybe. That's that's the key. <laughs> we'll see. The, the, oh, so wait. Because so, uh, at the moment, Lewandowski, Kunde, and whoever can only play Champions League football. They can't play in the league. They'll be fine by the time La Liga starts. I know, but imagine that happens. Imagine they can literally... Look, Barcelona are such a protected asset by La Liga. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they can do fine. whatever they want. Them and Real Madrid can do whatever they want. 
Yeah, that seems to be the case. All right, uh, Luke. Uh, I'm going to go with Bayern. I'm going to go with Bayern. I'm not going to mess around with reasons. I think we know the reasons. I think they look <laughs> strong. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Bayern. And it'd be nice to to see someone other than, than Liverpool win something. Well, listen, um, obviously I hope Liverpool can oh, get Madrid, it done this year. I, I hope that Liverpool can get it done this year, but I think the main focus is actually going to be the Premier League this year. I think they're going to be attacking the Premier League to just take as many points as they can week in, week out. Uh, so my pick is actually going to be Bayern Munich. I think they're a very strong team. Uh, I think Mane is going to help them immensely. You know, we'll see what the loss of Lewandowski turns out to be like. But I just think Bayern is such a good team and that they will win the Champions League this year. So, uh, Joe, we have one Barcelona and two Bayern Munich. What do you think? Cool. Yeah, no, it was really tight between two clubs um, in my head. I, I had the I had the, the semi-finalists written down, but it was close between Bayern and the team that I'm going to pick to win the Champions League is Ala Madrid, Real Madrid. Back to back? Think, yeah, back to back, baby. I think you can't argue with history and the fact that they've got players like Benzema and Modric that are actually improving. They're not just, they're not getting worse. They're not degrading. They've upgraded in certain areas like Tushiemi. What I think that's how you say his name, but yeah, he looks incredible. I just think you can't argue with history. And I think why not Ancelotti go for another one? So yeah, I, I remember making the prediction last season in the knockout stages with Real Madrid and I'm, I'm going for it again. And I'm pretty certain, bar any major injuries or transfers coming up to the end of the date. Um, I did actually have Barcelona in my top, in my semi-finalists as well, along with Liverpool. Uh, I don't think City will get to the semi-final and I don't think that PSG will either. I think the PSG train always comes off the wheels. So Joe, I, you... You weren't part of the podcast yet when we did this last year. We all picked PSG to win the yeah, the championship because of Ramos and that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. actually, I sorry to throw that in. Actually, I I think PSG will make the semifinals. I think the uh, new method that they are now they 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 are now I think and the the president come out and said they they're basically they are over their glitz and glamour era. Um, I think his name's Gautier. Gautier, something like that, the, the new manager they've got in. Um, they've gotten over that now. I don't think they're going to be signing. They're still going to be spending money and signing these these good players, but I don't think they're they're going for the glitz and glamour. And I think we'll start to see now. And, more, and I think the case in point is the fact that they didn't even sniff around Ronaldo. I think PSG a few years ago would have sniffed around Ronaldo. I think the fact they haven't is showing that actually, you know, yeah. the, what they're going to do getting Genie Wijnaldum for a fuck ton of money and now selling him those sorts of signs. They're not going to do that anymore. They're going to be very, they're going to fit our play style. We're going to become a dominant team. Um, so I think semi-final at least, I think they'll be there. I, I think the manager they've got now as well, he, he will, he'll sort the egos out because he won't care about the egos. All right. Well, listen, this is a lot of fun. Next week, we'll probably get back to the hour format. And we're going to be covering all the games. Hey, the league starts on Friday, so can't wait. And we're cornbread, crumpets, and football. 
If you want to hit us up on social media, it's at Innovators on Twitter. Uh, and we're going to be making a bunch of different stuff just for this podcast specifically. So stay tuned for all of those announcements. But hey, thanks for listening. I've been Dan for Luke, Adam, and Joe. Best of luck to your team this season. And don't forget, cornbread, trumpets, and football. See you next time. Bye. Bye.